Everybody ready? <laughs> Everybody shop now. Everybody shop now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny San Francisco, California. That's not right. We're not in San Francisco, but it sure felt like it this morning because it was foggy and cold. No, we are in Santa Cruz, California, and uh, yeah, did you see the fog bank? I did. I was out at the crow's nest for breakfast. Oh yeah, we went down to the wharf and all the kids... We left the house, drove three blocks, and then we were in a giant fog bank, and the kids were freezing Good. and complaining. Good. It was That's pretty children. Because you have a house full of children, don't you? We will get to that. Oh, let's get I to see. the children here in the studio first. Yes, running, mommy. Running the board. It's uh, Stumpy John. Howdy ho, everybody. <laughs> You've been saving that one. That, I have that, been, yeah. <laughs> that might be your new thing. It might be. That's that's hard to follow, but let's yeah. see how she do. So, On the classy girl couch, it's Miss Emma. I just went poopy. Can I have some candy? When oh, you actually, said, there is candy right here somewhere. Yeah. When you said you needed some nuts, is that, <laughs> is that what you meant? No, there's me nuts, not nuts, me nuts. Hello, darlings. Well, I'm glad to say that there is one adult amongst us, and that would be Bagel. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hello, my children. <laughs> That's creepy, dude. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the garage was full of kids. We were outnumbered at some point. It was fun. I love <clears throat> yeah. having them around. So I have um, a cousin here, and her kids are here, and they are aged nine, seven, and I'm going to go with four. Four, okay. right? But there were there was a selection of children, and then uh, me and Megan's kids were here. Yes, the uh, little guy rolled up, and he had like dirt smeared all across. What are his they face. like? Four, <laughs> four and two, maybe. Yeah, I have never seen those children clean. It's awesome. No, I love it. No, I, and never. I love a kid that just starts eating dirt right yeah. away. That's my favorite kid. Yeah. Um, and then Freya was here. Yep. Eating <clears throat> shy and, Freya. Oh, we came so close to having kid fights here. You were instigating them. Yes, I was. So, so, you know, award-winning Mike, his daughter Freya, uh, she competes in jujitsu. And she's... Bless you. Good. And she's six. And and she's good. Like, she practices technique. And so my cousins, who are seven and nine, but are the same size as Freya... I was like, so this is Freya. She's a jujitsu champion. And the seven-year-old says, I think I could take her. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. Famous last words. <laughs> oh. So then I'm like, I better get a parent over here. So I called one of the, called their dad. And I'm like, I need you over here because I'm about to instigate did, stuff. Did you get him to sign a waiver? Well, and then so Mike's like to the nine-year-old, he's like, so uh, what belt are you? And he's like, I'm a green in karate and a white in jujitsu. And Mike goes, yeah, my kid will kill you. (laughs) (laughs) And then Freya was being all shy, but I'm like, hey, Freya, do you want to make some boys cry? And she nodded her head, yes. (laughs) So I'm like, we need to make this happen. Come on. (laughs) 
the parents weren't as excited about me for the no, kid fights. No, clearly not. I think they were doing some sword fighting too, right? You know, when... Ah, uh, yes. The famous sword fighting. Yep. And there are pictures to prove it. And this is when I pull out God. the giant rubber dildos. <laughs> tell them they're swords. And they're like, um... It looks so It looks like a penis. It's a sword with a I German know, the helmet on it. goes, it looks no. like no-no parts. No-no parts. <laughs> and I'm like, God. I'm like, no-no. It's a sword. It's a I will only let you play with it if if you call it a sword. And these are for whacking each other. So the two brothers start whacking each other. They were poking each other with sticks and showing me their their like wounds. I'm like, here, use this. It's better. <laughs> it's, so, it's safer. I so two, it's safer. <laughs> so two tiny children beating the crap out of each other yeah. with rubber dildos yes. is better. <clears throat> And then I pulled their little sister side, who's all like four and tiny, and I'm and I said, Jenna, come here. I want to give you some advice. Oh God! And she's like, What? I said, Well, if your brothers are ever bothering you, I want you to hit them in the no-no and run away. Oh no! I said, Wait, no, 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 no. <clears throat> That's wrong. I want you to hit them in the no-no and walk away. There you go. <laughs> Confidently. <laughs> With a swagger. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I did, full disclosure, I did tell her dad of the advice I gave so that if she uses it, she does not get blamed. Uh, and how was dad upon receiving this information? <laughs> I think he thought it was good advice. Okay. So approval from Hit dad? Hit him in the no-no and walk away. So a couple other things. Uh, I let the kids in here in the studio. Hmm. It was killing them. Not oh, to touch that. the motorbike. I bet it was. Well, not just that, but they saw all the Lego kits and like, but why haven't <laughs> you opened them? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I collect them. But no, you have to build it to collect it. Well, you um, need to open it and build it. That is an exclusively grown-up problem, is building construction kits uh -huh. and model kits like the Tamiya CX-500 <laughs> and not building them. This is a very <coughs> adult thing because a kid... Kids want to. Kids want to build stuff. They wanted to open every box in here. Ooh, look at there's a Barbie motorcycle. No, you cannot play with it. It, it was killing. Like you could see the anguish. And but, but I don't understand. But, and they don't understand. No, you're just evil, <clears throat> Auntie Liza. It it was torture for them. Yes, but I pulled out Evil Knievel. Right, the one that I have opened the box. Yes, and and burnt and and scorched and the, those over there. That's not getting open. But yes, I did let him play with my Evil Knievel. One of them. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing, I thought, oh, I I got an assignment for Freya because she wanted to play with the metal detector. So first off, a lesson learned. Giving kids a metal detector and setting them loose in the backyard. I didn't think it was a bad, big problem until I found the holes in the lawn. And I told them, you can't dig up the lawn. Oh, so then they dug holes in the pathway. So now there's like these craters in the pathway. That's your own fault there. That's my own fault. Well, so, did you tell them there was pirate treasure? Well, you know, there. who knows? On these old houses, there is treasures you know, in the backyards. I have to ask this. When when you two were young, did you did you ever play Dookie Stick? No. What, what is Dookie Stick? No, I know what no. Dookie Stick is. That where you poop and stick a stick in it, and then you chase somebody well, no, with a Dookie you don't Stick. Is that related to a Dirty Sanchez? 
No, you don't stick it up your no. No. Hit the no no and walk away. That's what? No, no, no. No dookie stickers, you find you find the dookie. Why? Oh no, Why? I'm like the kids now. I don't understand. Why are you looking for a dookie? (laughs) What could possibly come out of this? For bad things. What are you fights with this? No! No! And then the loser gets a dirty Sanchez. Right! Okay, Bagel. Dildo's not looking so bad now, right? But then you can sing the song. You know, everybody was flung poo. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god. Everybody was funk poo. No, funk poo fighting. I can't believe he didn't play with Dookie Stick. No. Okay. Must have been a British thing. So they do a Birmingham. Maybe. They chase each other around with a Dookie Stick. So, so thinking. We we obviously had an advantage. No, we had an advantage because we had a big German shepherd. Emma? So we had access to big Dookies. I'm I'm calling it right now. When we're done recording, let's go play a game of Poo Stick. Uh, Dookie stick. <laughs> so Emma and I will chase you, Liza. Meanwhile, no, can I just make a guess here? Emma, were you poor and didn't have any toys? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, tin can with a stick going on. Yeah. Oh my so god. So I can see you had to get. Clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, on this motorcycle <sighs> podcast. So then I thought I'd get smart, and Freya wanted to play with the metal detector. So I put her into, like, around the garage and the tent and the driveway, <clears throat> said, people drop bolts and screws and washers all the time. Sam, and you can find and pick them up and then put them over here on this, uh, on this stand so that I can take care of them. And I left her. And uh, she was at it for a while. You know what I discovered? Walking through the side room which has a, a, a like a gravel floor. Yeah. A pile of like bottle cap and nuts and water. Yeah, I think she just got tired and just dropped them back in the dirt <laughs> where they're now getting buried again. Right. I'm like, what? But actually, oh, okay. and I mean, this is a Motorcycles and Misfits top tip mm. for everyone who's, who works on their bikes at home. One of the things I do at the shop, and it's generally the last thing I do before I go home at night, I am super diligent about cleaning up the floor. And there's a variety of reasons yeah. for that. The first is, um, first and foremost, you want to account for all the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Because if they're on the floor, that means they're not inside an engine. But the second thing, even if it's a, a nut and bolt you've replaced, if it's on the floor, it could come lodging the tread of a tire. Meanwhile, the guy... Biffs off down the road at 90 miles an hour and it punctures the tire. So you want to be super diligent, especially here. The biggest disadvantage with working on bikes at the Misfits, it's not always the cleanest environment. And if we're doing things like engine rebuilds, like on John's Bergman, it's very easy for foreign matter to get ingested into the engine while it's being built. Mm -hmm. So tra-la-la. So um, there was an interesting vehicle that uh, came to the shop today. <clears throat> the death trappy one? Yeah, this is another death trap. 
Uh, so our friend uh, Michael, he <clears throat> was so jealous of my amigo. <laughs> he was consumed. <laughs> he was consumed with jealousy. He he went on like the same website uh, to check out what they had offered because he said he was looking for a ruckus clone. Uh, uh, or as he refers to the Chinese ruckus clone is called a chuckus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, if you're familiar with the ruckus, it's a, how would you describe that, Emma? It's a bare bones kind of strip yeah, down. Yeah, I mean, a, ruck- a ruckus is its own thing. It's kind of skeletal. It's got a little mm. box that kind of sits under the handlebars. Most everything's in there. Not an inch of plastic body. No, work. no, it's, no, no, it's no. Just it's just a frame. <clears throat> right. Um. You know, it's got a kind of Armageddon look about it. They're, they're fun little things. I like big ruckuses. I, I always thought it looks like lawn furniture. but Yeah, it's got that kind of... <clears throat> so um, what pe- people do a lot of customizations on them. Uh, big old surprise, you haven't gotten into this yet. So <laughs> a, one of the common things is to stretch and lower a ruckus. Now, it's so common... Uh, cheaper than a boosa. ...that the Chinese have knocked off a stretched, lowered ruckus, the chuckus. Well, no, hang on. Before we go any further, I've got my suspicion about how the Chinese manufacturers actually design these bikes. And I have a suspicion that there's one of their industrial spies is on the telephone with them, and it's quite a bad <laughs> telephone line. And he's just looking at whatever in a parking lot, and he's like, oh, this is what we've got to do. And he makes this appalling description over the phone. Meanwhile, the guy's sketching it. All right, got it. We'll make put it into production. <laughs> and I think he was just looking at a customized one. That that could be. So um, it's it's very interesting. Um, so the, so these this stock custom scooter really and and, and i guess technically it's a scooter yeah it's a scooter because it's got the the engine is attached to the rear wheel right and it has the belt and the what do you call very very yeah yeah the cvt cvt CVT. um and it also has a dark side rear tire oh god yeah it does so i don't know if that's like How, how big is the rear wheel it's like I, a 10 or 12 inch. No, it's bigger than that. Is it? I, think, I, think I think it's like a thir- like 13 inch. 13 or 14 wow. even. Yeah. Wow. Very and, wide and, rear tire. Very wide. And flat. So, and because it's stretched, it doesn't really like to turn. It's, it is very death trappy. <laughs> and so, but very interesting looking and somewhat comfortable. It's not uncomfortable, I would say. No, right? I mean, you know, as long as you don't actually ride it. If you just <laughs> want to sit on it, yeah. it's quite comfortable. So I had to try it out, and it's got a 150 C, 150cc GY6 It's motor. called a GY6, yes. Very common engine. And I, re- I found that when I was throttling it down the street, you would give it the beans, and the engine would... It, had, it has like almost an open pipe. It sounded really, really cool. Um, and it would vibrate, but it didn't translate to more speed. Yes, Right? Is that right? How you say? I'm like, this doesn't seem right. And then I let someone else ride it, and I hopped on the Amigo, which is the 125cc, and I blew past him. They want, I mean, the Amigo, you can wheelie. I mean, right. this thing had no beans. No beans. No beans to be given. <laughs> so I, we were like trying to figure out what would cause that, right? <clears throat> it feels like the engine is, is going, but nothing else is. So. I said, well, look, this is all mechanical. Let's put it on the lift and take it apart. And I did this once before on one of the yeah. elites, I think. 
I know this is like bagel all day does this stuff, but this is something I love. If it's mechanical, you, you can figure it all out. <clears throat> and so bagel, can you explain how the drive system works on a CVT? I know we've done it for, but just mm-hmm. do your brief description of it. Okay. So uh, coming off of the crankshaft and the engine, uh, <laughs> essentially the output shaft, there is a uh, essentially a pulley that has movable halves, <clears throat> so the the width of the pulley can change on the sh- on the shaft. Uh, so essentially, one pulley slides while the other one is fixed at the end, and you have a belt, a V belt that goes around that pulley. And when no, well, the shaft in the pulley, well, yeah, between the between yeah. the pulley halves, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. When when the engine turns and accelerates, there are a set of weights that are inside that movable pulley that move to the outside as centrifugal force pushes them out. And what that does is it pushes against a, a backing plate that moves that pulley inward. So basically tightening the pulley against the belt, which forces the belt to the outside. And for anybody who's worked with uh, chains and sprockets... Yeah. That that's like changing your gear ratio. So yes. you put you're putting a bigger sprocket on the front, and at the same time in the rear, you have a driven pulley back there that has an integrated clutch. So that when it starts to spin, the clutch uh, shoes fly outward, engaging a bell, which then starts turning the rear wheel. So that way, it disengages the motor when you're coming to a stop, but when you're going again, it, it reengages the motor. Um, but at the same time, it has a spring-loaded pulley in the back. Mm-hmm. The, the faster it spins, then the farther the pulley halves come apart to basically make a would be a smaller sprocket in the rear. So, yeah. So, and if you remember ten-speed bikes, when you were going faster and faster, you change gears, you go to the yep. smaller derailers, right, right, sprockets right. on the it, rear and larger yep. on the front. Exactly. And this is the same thing, except it's with a belt. So it's sort of continuous. It's one smooth motion. So oh, wait, the, wait, wait. That gear ratio range. I have a trick question I just thought of. Yes. For, for all yeah. of you. Y'all. Yeah. There is a tool in my shop that uses the same drive system. Can you think of what it is? Oh, your drill press. Yes. You got uh-huh. it. Yeah. Because the drill you're press. Be, yeah, you're Different. Be, yes. But, so. When we are faced with a bike with a problem, this, you know, this happens down at the shop as well. It's like crime scene investigation. It's CSI Mototown or CSI. Well, when we had it apart, we did call Bagel. Right. And, and, and I would like to note this is a brand new bike. Correct? Absolutely. 13 miles on so, it. Yeah. But we know what the crime is. And the crime is not enough forward propulsion with lots of revs. So oh, wait, now, there was one more factor. Yes. The fact that after just riding it for a short bit and bringing it back. Yes, I know. Extremely hot. The clutch bass that bell was extremely hot. That is a clue. Yeah. Now, my <laughs> diagnosis, and it may be incorrect, however, um, I think it's on the right track, is as you know, Bagel, the GY6 is an extremely common <clears throat> engine. Yep. And it finds its way into a variety of things of different weights. And mm-hmm. one of the largest vehicles it finds itself in are these blighted two-seater abreast three-wheel cars that you get driving around cities. And yep. I have a suspicion that our death trappy scooter ended up with the final driven clutch 
out of one of those. So it needs the 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 driven clutch at the back. It needs lighter springs so that it can actually hook up better because Liza mm-hmm. really observed that it was red hot even after 15 minutes of riding. So there's a lot of slipping wow. going well, on back there. Not it was it's black steel, so it wasn't red hot, but it was still hot to touch. Yes. Had, it took us about 30 minutes. And it shouldn't really get that hot because, I mean, as soon as it starts spinning, those those shoes should fly out, grip the drum, and transfer power to the rear wheel. So that, right. I, that I feel using a lighter weight spring is really going to be the solution here. What do you say, bagel? Yeah, I, I think that's probably a, a good start. Um, other than making sure that everything is moving as it should be, um, which it sounded like you had done. Yeah, we completely um, dismantled everything and saw that they mm-hmm. were all moving the way they should. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it, it sounds like something is causing the clutch to not engage fully. And, and if this if they just built the bike with you know springs that are too uh, too heavy duty in the back right. for, for that light of a bike, then, you know, that... That could easily do it. Exactly. And I mean, knowing that the, 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 this GY6 engine is so common and it finds itself in a variety of things that are a lot heavier than that, that, that would explain it to me. Would it me. have anything to do with the fact it's all stretched out? No. 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 That wouldn't change the mechanics. No, that only happens to people. The motor's attached to the rear wheel. It doesn't know that the front is stretched. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Just if you were put on a rack and stretched out, your brain might not know what your bottom half's doing. It's true. You probably could stretch a ways, though. Yeah, I think you probably could. Yeah. Um, And Bagel, you were helpful because there was Mm -hmm. something that uh, we did while testing that was turned out to be bad. Oh, but Bagel gave us a heads up. So we took the we because we had it on the lift um, when we were trying to make sure everything was working. We took the rear clutch pack off and the belt off. Yes. And wanted to test the front system, see if it was working. So I'm like, well, let's just start it up. It's not attached to the rear wheel now and rev it up, which we did. And the thing together, the two halves of the pulley came together. But then when we were trying to put the belt on, they wouldn't go back apart. And Bagel had said something about Mm. don't run the engine when the belt is off. Right. Yeah. It doesn't like that. So we're like, hmm, what's going on? She had to set the rollers out. Yeah, so it's as simple as pull the nut off and take the this assembly apart, and and it was interesting to see. So between the the two the two halves uh, or the second half that slides in, there were these rollers. They were like tootsie rolls, me- yes. metal tootsie rolls <laughs> that they get cast out and they roll on a beveled plane that then pushes that plate out. Right. Well, with nothing, with no resistance, just they just lodged and had gone like cattywampus. So they were no longer going to roll back into it place. Jammed, jammed it fully together. But it was as simple as pull it apart, place them all yeah. back down into their little... But dinner. it's very, very interesting. Now, they should have yeah. had a plastic coating on, but they are metal because they yeah. need that weight to work centrifugally. So it was fun. We were yes. just little like monkeys with, with wrenches. And, like I like things that you can take apart and see how they work. Would you like to know where I was when all this was happening? Uh, yeah, I tried calling you because you were running late. <laughs> I was running late. I was um, I was eating lunch with my friends at the London Bridge Pub in Monterey. Mm. 
I've been there with mm-hmm. you. I've been there too with you. Yes. Uh, actually, no, I think I've taken you both to the Crown and Anchor. Oh, the oh London yeah, yeah, Bridge right. is the one on the wharf. Oh. But it was for fish and chips day. It was fish and chips. Oh. And I think the fish How are their fish and chips? Oh, bloody marvellous. Very authentic as well. Because mm. you want a nice, nice bit of flaky cod with a beer batter. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was stuffing fish and chips into my uh, face, you, you two were playing with, with the scooter. Yeah, so you gave him some good advice. Um, here's the only thing uh, I'm concerned about. If he actually improves it and that thing can get some speed, now it really is a death trap. It's quite possible that that is kind of a uh, a speed uh, restrictor so you don't get yourself in trouble on that. You know, I'm reminded <laughs> of all things about the Su- Generation 1 Suzuki TL1000R which had um, the rotary rear shock on it and like 140-odd horsepower. You know, Suzuki's answer to a Ducati. And it was notoriously the most dangerous bike on the road in 2000. And so rather than make it any safer, Suzuki just restricted the output of the engine Ah. by 20 horsepower and said, oh, it's all good now. Slower. (laughs) (laughs) You got to love that. Well, I wonder how Mike did going back to up Empire Grade. Well, he didn't call me. He didn't call. I know. I think he did run around the block. Imagine what that thing. Yeah. How hot that is. So, yeah. Good day in the garage. It's always fun when we get stupid stuff. And unfortunately, um, I let uh, Conrad try out the the Amigo. Yes. And he pushed it back into the driveway. Oh, no. <coughs> Fuel problems again? I think so. I don't know. I just I think I got to replace the hose instead of just poking it with a wire. Yeah. Like, that bike is not your Amigo. Why don't you put a nice clear hose on it so you can see what's going on? Well, because it goes actually, up into the frame. You can't see it. Well, you can see the bit where it comes out. Yeah. And you can do yeah. the nice cross-hatch hose like, it, like on a lawnmower. Because it gives me something to work on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, how funny that, um, you know, he got this brand new bike. And from a Chinese bike, we would have thought it would have been ready to go out of, out of the box. Perfect out of the box. What a surprise. <laughs> so, um, Did we talk about that young man that came up with the, with the uh, GS750? Mm-mm. That was interesting. Jacob. Jacob Jacob. Yeah. Well, you weren't here then. No, I wasn't. Yeah, I was eating. He fish showed and, up in the late. I was eating fish and chips. Yes, you were in the London Bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they were good. No, they were great. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. <laughs> okay. GS seven fifty. I was sixteen in nineteen seventy-eight. Ki- still had a kickstart. <laughs> yeah, well, they did. Mm-hmm. But it was a little clapped out for sure. He had a really? he had a dirt tire on the back and a street tire on the front. And uh, straight bars, drag bars. Yes. Drag bars and, and half, just the header pipes, nothing else. He, he took God the exhaust off. <laughs> and it was loud. It wasn't as loud as I thought it was going to be, honestly. But to him, it looked good and sounded good. He was all happy. But Well, yeah. you know, it's different strokes for different folks. He paid I mean, a little too much for that thing, though. Yeah. 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 But I, I told him, hey, that's the perfect bike to do all the stupid stuff to because you're not going to make it any worse. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. So um, this is about that time of year where we go over the Sturgis report. Oh, oh that's right. Death toll for Sturgis. Now, um, at Vintage Days, we had like three broken legs. Do you think Sturgis can top that? Oh, God, yes. Oh, on the first day. And this is kind of, you know what? <clears throat> I give this report tongue in cheek because I'm, I'm actually kind of horrified that this is are, these are acceptable numbers. 
that there is like it's acceptable. Well, no, no numbers. There's a like, death count every year. Yeah, well, numbers like these are never acceptable. But it's 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 just I suppose par for the course. But is it <clears throat> so? Just bring us up to speed, Liza. Is yeah. Sturgis still going on, or is it over? Uh, I think technically today is like it's it's ended. Okay. I think people go home today. Okay, so these may be the final numbers, or there may be more. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So these numbers are from August fifth to August twelfth. Okay. Okay. So one week. And this is for uh, Sturgis and Rapid City District total. Right. right? Yeah, but it's it's pretty much the same event. Uh, DUI arrests, 109. Okay. Now, remind me, how many people show up to searches? Uh, I'm going to guess. I haven't seen numbers. 700,000? I know, like, the, the, the year... During COVID, that was, like, their anniversary year. They were expecting a million. So it's usually up in the up upper h- hundreds of thousands. But I don't know. Right. So 109 DUI arrests... Down from 136 last year. That's okay. an improvement. That's Got not it. too bad on this 500,000 people. Mm, misdemeanor mm. drug arrest, 212 up from 130 last year. Okay. <coughs> Felony drug arrest. Oh, let's play a game called Up or Down. I'll tell you the number. You tell me if it's up or down from last year. All right. Uh, Emma. So we'll start. Emma. Felony drug arrest, uh, 100, 140. Up. Uh, yeah, from 97 last year. Right. And I think the key there is if misdemeanor drug arrests are up, felony drug arrests are up. All right, bagel. <clears throat> Total mm-hmm. citations, 1,303. Is that up or down from last year? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's up. It is up from 1,263 last year. Okay, similar number, though. <clears throat> All right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's your name John. again? John, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's John. Uh, <clears throat> nice to meet you. Total Liz. warnings given. Three thousand eight hundred and thirty-four. Well, logic would tell me that that was up. No, it's actually down from four thousand six hundred and fifty-four oh, last wow. year. Hey, good on you. <clears throat> That's some busy police departments. <clears throat> All right, uh, they'll go back to Emma. Emma, cash seized, two thousand and five dollars. Up or down from last year? Oh, that's got to be down. It is. It was four thousand three hundred thirty-five last year. Um, vehicle seized, bagel. Zero. Up or down from last year? Ooh, that's got to be down. That is. <laughs> yeah, there were four four last year. Couldn't couldn't be up. <laughs> All right, John. Mm-hmm. Non- it could be up because, you know, the, last year the cops gave away vehicles. Giving <laughs> away vehicles. Oh, have a Harley Davidson. All right, John. <laughs> Non-injury accidents. 50. Down. Or, no, it's up. There were only 43 last year. Mm-hmm. Now, uh... Uh, Emma, injury accidents, 59. <clears throat> up or down? Also down. No, it's up. There were only 45 last oh, year. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, bagel. <clears throat> Fatal accidents, five. Up or down from last year? I think that's down from last year. It's actually up. There were only three oh. last year. Oh, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, and here's kind of the the sad thing. Um, <clears throat> when you read, you we make some assumptions about these fatalities. Oh, there must have been cars involved, right, or, right, dr- right. or drinking involved. I, I I can't. I don't. I mean, for the cars involved, there are reports here. I can tell you that 
<clears throat> most of the reports of these uh, injury or fatality, same story. And it reads like this. Um, a Harley Davidson motorcycle traveling westbound left the roadway, entered the ditch and tipped over. The driver was separated from the motorcycle. The 73 year old male driver was not wearing a helmet and was pronounced dead at the scene. Okay. Um, <clears throat> here's another one. Uh, 2009 Harley Davidson motorcycle was traveling southbound, failed to negotiate a curve, left the roadway, stuck a tree. The Jeez. driver was not wearing a helmet and received minor injuries. Starting to see a theme here. Uh, 2005 Harley Davidson motorcycle lost control and entered the south ditch. The driver was wearing a helmet and received serious non-life-threatening injuries. Um, this one is kind of weird. So, 2018 Harley-Davidson motorcycle was traveling eastbound. A 1996 Harley-Davidson motorcycle was traveling westbound. Sounds like one of these on your like SAT tests, right? Right. Uh, the motorcycles <laughs> collided near the center line. Okay. Whoa. The driver of the 2018 Harley-Davidson was not wearing a helmet and received minor injuries. The driver of the 96 Harley-Davidson was wearing a helmet and received serious non-life-threatening injuries. Um, <clears throat> so these were not any of the fatalities. I'm wondering, how do two collide at the center line? Because it was on a curve. Well, one went... They both went too wide. No. No, they're coming in different directions. Yeah. One right. cut the turn and the other went wide. Right. So I mean yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're focusing on the helmet, generally, if there is an accident between two motorcycles and you're talking serious injuries, they're below the waist. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you know, you're talking about legs mangled, pelvises mangled, or abdominal. Yeah, ab you know, abominable. And that's only a week, right? Because there's almost ten days worth of. So there's more data coming. Uh, and there, the one, like one of the. Well, they've all got to get home. It's one, true. One of the fatalities we may never know <clears throat> the answer, and it was uh, not. There wasn't a curve involved, that, right. that we know of. But it was a woman, I think, in her forties, um, riding with uh, a van behind her, and she, um, they said, for no reason, appeared to start braking. And the van ran her over. Wow. Hmm. So. Don't brake check a van. Either she was brake checking or she was unaware that there was somebody that close behind her and was like looking for her friends or where to pull over. Or, you know, maybe it's like, oh, what's a, that? You know, you don't know. You don't know. Um, <clears throat> but unfortunately, the next uh, people to come along were a husband and wife in a sidecar who hit the debris and then they crashed. Not oh, not fatal, but they had minor injuries. And then another Harley came down and hit that debris and also crashed. And not 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 injured. This must be quite a fast stretch of road that it happened on. I've ridden these roads. They're highways. Yeah, yeah. They're highways. <clears throat> um, much like uh, like, like the back roads. Yeah. No, not like nine. They're not that curvy. They're not that tight. I mean, well, there's some that of one them, section. Yeah, some of them are. But a lot of these roads are just the highways through through like a mountain. Fifty five miles an hour. Yeah. Right. But you yeah. know, it's going back to your point. Yeah, you always say, "Oh, you know, no helmet and drink is, is involved." And oftentimes, you will find in a collision where somebody has been drinking, 
The person who's been drinking survives the collision. Yeah, because they're all loose. Because they're loose yeah. as a caboose. And then the innocent victim, who may be the world's best rider and has done every safety course under the sun, actually dies as a result of it. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of the, the tragedy of drink driving. So I, I know the death count has been higher. I, I, th- I find it terribly unfortunate that this is an acceptable thing at an event and that the unfortunate thing here is uh, I, people are just going out for rides on city highways and not negotiating. And when you see something like two bikes traveling, you know, and hit each other, both John and I have ridden there. Have you ridden there, Emma? No. It's a beautiful place to ride. They're great roads. I wouldn't do it during the rally because no. there's too uh-uh. many bikes out there. But I would recommend going there when it's not the rally and, and really stay enjoy. Stay at the fabulous Chalet Hotel. Yeah, it's really right. beautiful. They're mm-hmm. really beautiful. And there are some fun, fun, fun roads. But, you know, when you are riding in a group of people, whether you know them or not, whether you've just come across them or they're lifelong friends, the standard of riding of that group is dictated by the weakest rider. So, um, guess what, guys? We got some gifts sent to us. Yes, we did. Bagel, I'm sorry Uh you're not here to share them. But, Emma, you have a letter there to read. I do, indeed. Can you read that letter? And then, John, Uh I have one that you get to read and open some stuff, so you're going to don't open it yet. Okay, cool. Go ahead, Emma. So, this letter is handwritten, and it is dated August 23, August 2023. Beautifully written. Dear Misfits, hello from rainy, wet, and cloudy New Hampshire. Home of the Twats, also known as the Trailways Adventure Tourers. Yeah. We're a merry band of Yamaha T-Dub 200 riders right. composed of Todd, no play Budette, no play because his clutch cable never seems to have the right play, and yet he always complains of a slipping clutch. No surprise there, Todd. Um... <laughs> Johnny fucking damn. Is that Darren? Anyway. And Jono Hammerhand Schwantz. <laughs> Hammerhands because he uses those meat hooks for everything dangerous and never wears gloves. We spend most of our time together talking about and sometimes even riding the trails and dirt roads of New Hampshire and Vermont. Um, Johnny fucking Dam, I think it is Dam, is a real mechanic as an invented racks and accessories for our T-dubs. We're including some gifts of favorite candy, <laughs> so you can give it the beans <laughs> yeah. to your mouths. And while doing so, annoy the heck out of Liza because they're loud and delicious, which I will agree. Yes. Would you like to smack on those Boston bacon? No, I'm doing no, it right no, now. No, no, no. Very tasty. Also included are some stickers if you want to represent the twats on the left coast. We do indeed. Keep up the good work entertaining and informing the motorcyclists of the world. Best, Todd, Johnny and Jono, a.k.a. the twats. And there's a P.S. (laughs) written in in red. I have a suspicion based on the content of the P.S. It's actually written in blood. Oh. I feel it might be. P.S. A couple of the twats are physicians, so if you ever find the need for a surgical or psychiatric expert on the show, give a holler. 
There you go. There we go. Written right. in real blood. Thank you for the beans. What Give it the help, beans. Help yeah, my, so my, I'm, I'm giving it the beans right now, and they are quite noisy. Maybe it'll help me with my nervous tick and my flatulation. Oh, God. I, I feel those two are inextricably linked. <laughs> All right, Part Johnny, of my charm. Now, this one is good. <clears throat> so you got to read this. That last one was good. They're, they're both good. This one is really good. Okay. This is from Sheila from Texas. That's really Sheila in Texas been with us many years. Hello, Misfits. Hope all is well with everyone. I recently got into customizing Hot Wheels and thought I'd make a few cars for you. Here is a Motorcycles and Misfits podcast van, a Craftsman tool car, and a Honda CB750. The CB750 has been sitting here for a few years, but I'm sure it'll fire right up. One of those Hmm. ran when parked situations, so I'm sure it's fine. Little smiley face. Hope you enjoy your custom Hot Wheels. So you can hand one to Emma, and you can open the other two. So she takes existing Hot Wheels, and she paints them, and uses a lot of the same techniques that they use for, like, movie-making stuff, where you, she'll age it, or... So she left some stickers here from mm-hmm. Focus. Yeah, Focus Design. Instagram is at Focus <clears throat> Design. So full disclosure, she's the one who's designed a lot of the logos that we use, like oh. the Bosley logo. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Emma, what do you got there? Isn't that cool? How about the microphone? That would be Use helpful. your microphone, Emma. I'm crunching <laughs> on my baked beans. So this, um, I'm not sure whether it's a Dodge or a Chevy van. I suspect it's kind of generic. But it's got this fantastic flat white paint job. It's got the Motorcycles and Misfits logo on the side. Evil written on the door. <laughs> Motorcycles and Misfits logo with Bosley on the hood. Give it the beans across the back door. Oh, that's awesome. And nice. it's customized, so it's it's a well-used van. It's certainly not rusty and crusty, but I'd say it's been on a dusty highway. Beautifully done. Oh, Have a look at that. Yes. Very so, cool. Super. All right, John, what do you got? All right. I have got a... And these will live in the studio. This is a... Oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. It's a little red car with Craftsman on the side. Um, it's got a wrench... In the back, looks like a three-eighths inch, maybe, and a couple little screwdrivers there. Yeah. Super cool. Very clever. Yeah, it's got an open wrench sticking out the back. Oh. All right, there's All one right. more There's there. one more. All right, we've got... Hey, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. We have a CB750, like the thing says. Oh, this is yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, it's a little matchbox CB750. This is really cool. I really like it. It's this. like a one thirty second scale. Yeah, this is really well done. That's cool. Yeah, so thank you very much, uh, Sheila and the Twats, for the gifts. We like gifts, don't we, Emma? We do. And Misfits, let's just blow up their uh, their Instagram. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, this CB750 yeah. is awesome. Isn't that cool? Very yeah. Cool. Bagel, do you want me to send you some of the Boston baked beans? Uh, no, I probably couldn't uh, couldn't enjoy them anyway. But but thank you though. Well, we will keep them. As <laughs> we'll eat them on your behalf, bagels. Please. Studio en- enjoy them. En- enjoy the flatulence. <laughs> so Emma, hello. I asked you to do a history hole. Yes, you week. did. And I'm trying to remember how it came. I don't. You know, this is a bike that's been around a long time. That. I personally have held in high regard. As you should. Based upon everyone I know who's ever ridden one. Yeah. And in fact, um, I remember years, years, almost 20 years ago, I had a friend who uh, was racing and she had a Ducati 748. Yes. And then she got rid of it and got a Gixxer 
750, which she quickly sold because she said it scared her. Well, it develops power in a very different way to the 748. Exactly. And she wanted something that she could control a little better. better. And I've always just held it in high regard because everyone I know who've had one said it. It just was an amazing so bike. So you asked me to do a history hole. And I realized it's been around a long time. On Jixxers. Yes. And it's still not something that we think of as outdated. No. And it never will. It'll it, it'll always change with the times because that's the nature of the bike. So. Wait, is your history hole still warm and cuddly and cozy? And- it was the last time I took inventory. Okay, good. Because there are warm, cuddly things in there. Oh, Historical yeah. things, I'm sure. Yeah, actually. So um, let's go back. Let's go back through the mists of time. Let's go back to the mists of time when Emma was young. And if you switched on the radio, you might have heard George Michael and Andrew Ridgely singing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Wake me up, up before, before you go-go. go-go. You <laughs> might have sat down at your Atari and played Tetris. Which was the number one game. Yes. Do you know Tetris was was pitched as a Russian game? Oh, yeah. Yep. There's a whole Yeah, whole I thing. saw the video on or the, yeah, the thing. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. I never knew that. Cool. Anyway, um, back in October 1984, there was... Um, manufacturers used the Cologne Motorcycle Show really as the bellwether for their new models. <coughs> and... I'm not understating this. The world changed. In October 1984, the world of street motorcycling changed because Suzuki unveiled the GSXR 750 for the 1985-year model. I didn't realize it was that old. Oh, yeah. Because it came to the UK before it came to the US, right? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. And we're, what we're just going to do the Jixxer 750 because all very soon afterwards the Jixxer 1100 was launched for complete nutters, but the Jixxer 750 when it was launched in 1980 at the end of 1984, you've got to look around at what was out there to understand how different this bike was. So Honda were very, very proud of themselves because they'd just they'd brought out the previous year uh, the Interceptor <laughs> and the Sabre. And the Sabre was a street bike and the Interceptor was yeah, it was kind of their race replica. Um but it was every inch the street bike. Kawasaki was still messing about with the GPZs, the ninjas. Um you know, it's and Suzuki, well Yamaha really had got very little. They were still messing about with the Sakers. Which yeah. were street bikes. Um, yeah, I don't think of that as a high performance. Right. High, I mean, no. You know. I, um, I was a GPZ person. Yes. And the yeah, GPZ yeah, really set the benchmark for performance back in the day, particularly the 750 Turbo in the 1100s. But the Jixxer 750 was well, something completely different. When did Yamaha come out with the crossplane? Oh, long after that. Oh, it was after that. After, long after that. All Yamaha had in the early 80s were really the Sakers. The right. Sakers were the, the sport bikes. And then the Maxims right. were the Cruisers. Yeah. You know. And the big four-cylinder, the one that you had. Yeah, the XS. Yeah. Well, the XS was already long in the tooth by 80, yeah. 83, 84. So. Um, so there it was. And Suzuki, God bless them, have always been very fond of synonyms. So plastered 
all over this bike was sacks. What the hell does sacks mean? S-A-C-H-S? S-A-C-S. Like the other, oh. like the motorcycles? Yes. Sacks. Huh. Not, uh, the, the brand is S-A-C-H-X. S, but the Suzuki just had S-A-C-S. <clears throat> Suzuki right, Advanced Cooling System. Oh. And this was part of the appeal of the bike. This bike came in at under 400 pounds. Dry. It was unheard oh, really? of. Wow, that's light. And yeah. that was one of the key features of the bike. It has to come in at under 400 pounds. Yet, we're talking about a 750 here. Well over 100 horsepower out the box. I think, in fact, I want to say there were 110. It's often getting... It's difficult getting the exact numbers on these early bikes. A lot of people say there were 120 horsepower. A lot of people say, particularly in the European spec, they, they were around 100 the truth is they're around 110 115 out of the box but in a 400 pound bike it was incredible and just to compare that my beloved gpz 750 was 450 pounds no no wait, wait 506 yeah there you go well you had the big one but the well, that's a 750 yeah that was 750 mm -hmm. wow because a lot of their contemporaries, and I mean, the Honda was quite a lightweight. These 450, 470 pounds. So it's amazing how lightweight these bikes <clears> were. Um, and it was, I mean, it was an incredible departure because it wasn't a race replica. It was a race bike with lights that you could ride on the street. Um, these bikes were called the Slabbies. And they only lasted for a couple of years. They're... I'm not going to say they're the most collectible because I think the generation that followed them are certainly the most loved. Um, but there is a genuine, a huge number of people who hold the slabbies in very, very high regard. So-called, they had very slab-sided bodywork, a lot of bodywork on them. 18-inch um, wheels, so they did sit quite tall. You know, this notion of having 17 inch wheels on everything hadn't we weren't quite there yet um and i wanted to point out suzuki still makes a Gixxer 750 oh yeah this is but what, nearing... no, but what just hang on i mean if we're jumping to 2023 not only do suzuki make a Gixxer 750 the Gixxer 750 that you buy in 2023 <clears throat> which is the l9 is the longest single production model you can buy because it is unchanged since 2011. Yeah, that's what I want to point out. This is, this this is how a long-run bike. No, but the actual the L9, yeah. which is the one you can toddle off, first came in in 2011. So that's how, that's how good these bikes are. So let's go down the rundown of significant times in Jixer, um in Jixer history. Yeah. So we start off in October 84 for 85 with the original Jixer 750 Slabby. Following year, they brought out the R model, and the R model just had a few chassis mods, but it was suitable for endurance racing, and it distinguished itself. I think it won at the Baldor that year as well, <coughs> certainly at Suzuka. Um, twin headlights were always... Bug eyes. Bug eyes. <clears throat> Incidentally, not only... Did Suzuki arguably invent the true race rep um, genre? Indirectly, they invented the street fighter genre as well. 
the Street Fighters, as you're well aware, were born in the in the uh, Midlands in in England, almost immediately after the Jixus came out. Because what was happening, the insurance companies got wise to these bikes very quickly and said, "Look, you can't insure these for comp and collision." So of course young men and women were buying these very high-performance bikes and smashing them up. Mm. And now you've got a problem. You've got a smashed-up race replica <clears throat> bike and you weren't able to insure it. So what do you do? You take all the fairings off, you paint it flat black, you put flat bars on it, fighter. and you've got a Street Fighter. <clears throat> yep. And the bug eyes stayed as a feature of Street Fighters. And it's no surprise. If you look at a Triumph... Street Fighter, like a Street Triple, mm -hmm. and then look at a very early Jixa 750 with its fairings off, you're like, hang on, mm. there's a line between those two. <coughs> so there you go. Um, let's jump ahead a couple of years to 1988, and this is my favorite of the it was breed. the year I married Miss Stumpy. Did you really, in mm -hmm. 1988? Well, you could have toddled off down to your Suzuki dealer and bought yourself a Jixa 750 Slingshot. Ooh. And the Slingshot was a much improved bike. Um, it got a better frame. <clears throat> same power. Got a little bit porkier. 17-inch wheels now. Still had conventional forks, but now you've got the 17-inch wheels with the radial tires. So so this is 88, and Rufus is what, in 87? No, Rufus is 94. 94, and that's, that's triple or four? Four. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> still... I found a picture. Oh, there you Jixers go. There's a, through the years. Jixxers through the earth. It's kind of, kind of And funny. so these are still oil-cooled bikes. Let's have a look at this picture. God, look at this. Fantastic. You can wide. Yeah, it. no, I am. Oh, God. All this white and blue. It's yeah. just incredible. And that only goes up to 2011. Yeah, so. but that's the K9. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's exactly the same bike you can buy now. Yeah. So anyway... um. The era of the slingshot, 88, 89, 90, oil-cooled with the big oil radiator on the front, mm -hmm. became liquid-cooled in 92. Incidentally, in 92 as well, it was the first super sport bike you could buy with upside-down forks. Tra-la-la. How oh, wow. about that? First one. Yes. Um, the thing is about Jixas. They were constantly developed throughout their life. And they were they were racing those the whole time, right? Yes. So that had a lot of R&D through the race. Yes. Yeah. And they were raced at... The thing is about a Jixer, you could buy a Jixer and you could win at clubman level. <clears throat> you could win at local level. You could actually even win at sort of like county, mm -hmm. uh, regional level. When you wanted to win the big races, you needed a race bike. But these were stout-hearted bikes. I mean, we're talking 92, beg your pardon, 88 was solid at 115 horsepower. Now, we've got some rock-solid figures now. 92 were at 120. Hmm. And 120 lasted for a long time, right up until the early 2000s, when we're already up to 145. And these are all 750s? Or yes, these are all 750s. Huh. We're not doing the thousands this time. But 96, this is the exciting time, because now we get to the prettiest of them all, S-Rads. Oh, God, I love the S-Rads. And, and I wanted to, to point out 
This is at the same time as the speed wars are happening, and they're becoming bigger and bigger bikes. Right. Until you get up to like 1,300. Right, exactly. And the Hayabusa's and, you know, the Blackbirds. But the Jixxer 750 always occupied its own slot. And people... Over the years, you know, people have accused them of being sort of like, you know, the the football thug of the motorcycle world or the, you know, the the a very British term, a lagerlout. And a lagerlout <laughs> is, is sort of a, a a thuggish person who drinks pilsners. And it's kind of they are loud, they're brash, they're not necessarily tasteful. But if you've ever owned a Jixxer 750, it's just such a stout-hearted bike. It encourages bad behavior. It'll get you in a heap of trouble. Oh, Knock loves But it'll get you out of a heap of trouble as well. Um, My dearest friend Mike McCarthy's first bike was a Jixxer 750, and he's still alive to tell Mm. the tale. And Knock's Jixxer was a free bike that had been not run, run for years and kind of... right. Left left rot from from a friend, and it still still goes strong. Right. So let's get back to ninety six. Our S rads. It got a new twin beam frame. Very much liquid cooled. One hundred and twenty eight horsepower. Um, so S rad Suzuki Ram Air Direct. And so these were the ones with the little nostrils, mm-hmm. and then it force fed air into the airbox. Yeah, whether it gave you any power or not, I don't know. But they sure were pretty. Um, and that's. What do we got here? 2000 is the K0. And you can actually tell the model designation for a long time of Jixxers by their year. So 2000 was the K0, K1, 2, 3, and 4 from 2001, 2, 3, 4, respectively. And what we're doing is... Constantly developing the bike, shaving off weight, moving the power up, moving the power around, just getting the absolute most out of it. Yes. I have a question. So these changes that are being made, are these coming from racing world or from the street world? Both. Okay. And that was always the beauty of the Jixxer. It's always had such a loyal following. And a vocal following. And Suzuki know that this is every inch the cult bike. So there have been a couple of missteps along the way. And the, I think it was the 91 was one of the perfect examples. They brought out this this peaky track only bike, which was awful on the street. And it was an absolute disaster. And I, I think heads rolled at Suzuki. Mm. And they said, look, we're never going to make a mistake like this again. So Suzuki have listened to their customers with it. They've watched the racing progress of the bike. And they've just developed it over many, many years. 2010, it became the L0. And then from 2010 from twenty to 2011... It was the L1 through the L9. And in 2011, it was the L9. That is exactly the same bike that you can buy brand new right now in 2023. That's when development stopped. Now, you would say, well, that's kind of a bad thing because you're riding. You can go out and buy a 2023 bike that really was designed 
12 years ago. But it is that good a bike, it still stands up amongst the 2023 lineup. They really are that good. Why don't I ride a Jixxer 750? Well, number one, I like to keep my license. Um, Rufus is a bad enough influence on me. So what are the major differences between a Jixxer and Rufus? Well, Rufus is a sport touring bike. So if we want to compare the two, if we think about Hondas, Rufus's closest relative of a Honda. And for those who don't know, Rufus is what? An RF 900. Okay. Um, Rufus, was, Rufus was pitched as the Suzuki answer to a VFR. Interceptor. 800. Yeah. And similar performance, similar weight, similar kind of ergonomics. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Jixxer is more of the CBR. Mm-hmm. It's more of the super sport. Yep. So Rufus is bigger, roomier, still got the power. Different engine or just a pump punched out Different, 750? Uh, no, actually, it's a short stroke 1100. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a stroked 1100 engine. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of its own thing. And Suzuki have always been like that. They'll take a, a successful formula and completely chuck it out of the window mm. and do like a standalone model and virtually bankrupt themselves doing it that lasts two or three years, and it's an absolutely brilliant bike, but it just doesn't sell, and the RF900 was one of them. Another one, back in, I think, 72, they made this thing called the the T125 Stinger. Hmm. It was like nothing else on the road. There's never been anything like it before or since. What was it? 125 Twin. A Twin. A Twin 125. A two-stroke or four? Two-stroke. Okay. And it just looks like nothing else on the road. It's just and this it's like where the hell did it come from and where did it go? Yeah. But it was just one of those things that you can imagine at the board meeting, you know, you got this batshit crazy engineer says, Look, this is how I want to style the bike and they're like, Okay, give it a shot. Was well, probably the rotary would fall in that category too of Yeah, and I mean the rotary was such a problematic bike and it God, it could have been so good. The reason why I forgive the rotary all its sins if you haven't heard the story, because Suzuki were on their knees financially because of the rotary, when they realized they had to develop a four-stroke engine, they said, well, look, let's use two-stroke technology at the bottom of the four-stroke. So this is what we know. Mm -hmm. And it became one of the greatest strengths of the GS series, having these roller-bearing bottom ends. Oh, so the bottoms are more stouter. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Way stouter. And they don't require massive oil pressure. A GS750, a GS850, a GS1000, it's running at about 10 PSI oil pressure. Oh, really? That's all? That's all it needs. Wow. Because it's just lubricating the rollers. Mm-hmm. By comparison, a CB900, which is fast but incredibly fragile, needs 50 good solid 50 psi because it's plain shell bearing so there you go so look i mean what are we looking at here we are looking at a bike it's 2023 and if we say okay it came out in 1984 yeah i mean it's 40 years that's a great run it's 39 years of a developed model and to me, that's pretty unprecedented. Would, would you say the not, Ninja is similar in its run? It's, <clears throat> I mean, it's similar, but the Ninja, the Ninja's become more of a name than anything else. 
And well, a thousand, often, thousand would have the pedigree still, right? Yeah, the thousand had the pedigree, but I mean, everybody thinks the Ninja is a super sport bike, mm. but it is not. It's the Ninja's actually got more in common with the RF nine hundred. Yeah, than, it's more of a sport tour than a Jigsaw yeah. because it's a sport touring bike. Right. But it wasn't always pitched that way. You know, back in the eighties, the Ninja was pitched as the super sport bike. Mm. Um, and as good as they are, and you know, some of my favourite bikes on the roads right now are Ninjas. I mean, I think I think the Ninja one thousand is a wonderful thing. <clears throat> um, it's the reason I like the Jigsaw so much is they're just so singular in their purpose um if you want basically a bike that you can win a race and ride it down to the liquor store for a six-pack and a packet of smokes it has no equal Mm. it really has no equal So um, I have a, an addendum to this. Yes. <clears throat> Something I discovered. So one of the questions I had asked you is like, how come we don't know of like famous racers riding? The well, Jersey they kind of did. <clears throat> they, they, they have in the past. But here's why. It's because the classes in the racing. And it's mostly like 400s, 600s. Right. Leaders, right? Yes. So um, here's something I found interesting because... They in the world superbike they created a a new category a while back to let all these other machines in. So it's basically saying that you can uh, race a an R six or a Ducati Panigale with a nine fifty five cc or a Triumph Street Triple with a seven sixty five cc or an MV Augusto with a seven ninety eight, and they let all these different bikes in in. But not the Jixer 750. Do you know why? Because they don't have a 750 class. <clears throat> no. Because the reason they let all these bikes in, because they have uh, fly by by wire. Was that right? The, the throttle, electronic yes. throttle control, and you can adjust the box to right to basically handicap them. The Jixer hasn't been updated. It is still a thro- a cable right. throttle. Isn't that interesting? So that's keeping well, it from entering into the world superbike Moto, category. Moto America has but, yes. but there are teams that are now uh, uh, adjusting it. But that's maybe why we don't and see it could this be, and incredible it, performance machine and the competing thing, much. And the thing you've got yeah. to remember is back in the 80s, two strokes were winning races. Mm-hmm. A big, big power two strokes were still winning races. So the Jigsaw was kind of, I'm not going to say a race rep. I mean, it's always been it's always been a racing potential bike. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of, it's almost like a Cinderella that kind of missed the ball a little bit. But um, I recommend one to anyone. If you have never owned a Jigsaw 750, at least ride one. You will be really surprised about what it is and what it isn't. All the bikes I've had, I've never had one of those. Well, and here's the thing, too. And th- that's the story with a lot of people, yeah. because you look at it, and you're like, oh, shit, that's going to be the world's most uncomfortable bike. Right. And it's far from that. It's actually quite roomy and comfortable. Especially Jim's GT. That thing's yeah. really nice. And you, you're going to think, like, oh, this is going to be really peaky and nasty. And it's not. Mm. It's quite rideable. <clears throat> so yeah, I, um, I challenge anyone, if you've admired them, Ride one. You're really you will you will really be surprised about what it is 
and what it isn't. I think they're great. Do you well, have the history of the of the Jigsaw Bro? Well, the Jigsaw. You know when the Jigsaw Bro rolled off the production line? The moment the first <laughs> Jigsaw did. Exactly. When they invented the wife beater. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and the stained undershirt with a tomato ketchup stain on the front. So if you're Italian. Jeez. <laughs> but here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. The fact that they haven't updated the Jigsaw 750 is, is that keeps the price down. Right. And you can get an incredible superbike, the first superbike. It is. It is the first. The first superbike. You can get one almost any year, <coughs> and it performs amazing. And I, I you there know, was a huge leap in the. I want to go. If we go back to October '84, I cannot tell you. I can't even begin to explain what a difference that bike made. That's why I wanted to acknowledge it. It was, it was monumental. a leap in the evolution. Oh, huge yeah. leap. It was a, and it took the other manufacturers a long time to catch up. A long time. And of course they did. The YZF 750 Yamaha was an amazing bike. So would you say it had more impact than, say, the C- CB750 or... It was a different... You can't compare them. Or the Interceptor or... No, the Interceptor never had an impact. Huh. No. We, we all wanted it because there was only a GPZ or an Interceptor. Or, or GPZ. That'd be the that, other one. I mean, that, those, that was a game changer. Yeah. That was all there was. But I mean, you know... You, you, but hold on. The GPZ and the Interceptor were, were stepping stones. The, exactly. Right. Whereas the Jix is like, oh, shit. What the hell is this? Just as the CB750 was. Mm-hmm. And so... We'll talk about the other manufacturers. Kawasaki really didn't catch up with what the Jigsaw was up until the late 80s. Oh, probably as didn't. did Yamaha with the YZ750. Wasn't the KZ900 and 1000 actually the groundbreakers for them? But They're long in the tooth by the time the Jigsaws came along, obviously. But, yeah, of course. But that feels like that had the same kind of impact. Well, again, but they were development. I mean, mm. you know, a, a KZ900... You could argue it's a very, very fast and stylish well, CB750 mm-hmm. because it kind of is. I mean, it's a sit-up standard bike. Right. It, it's baby steps. If you go from the KZ750 twin to the KZ754 to the GPZ750, there those were all little right. baby steps. This this, this Jixer this, was a this leap. was this was huge. And Honda until the Hurricane started coming out. Right. And the Hurricanes didn't come out till like eighty-seven, eighty-eight. Right. Yeah. So it's four years. This is how advanced it was. So that anyone knocked him off the throne? Are you, it depends well, on. It depends I on mean, who you ask. I mean, are the quicker bikes than Jigsaw Well, is there is there is there a bike since that that has had that kind of impact on motorcycling? R six CBRs. Yeah, the R. I mean, they, they've all had, but the reason we wanted to acknowledge the Jixer because of that huge leap. It was the first, and it is still around today. And mm-hmm. it was it's. Owed that respect. Yeah, I that, think it is. It. it is a sick jigsaw. <laughs> Zing. Hey, Bagel, I have a question for you. What yes. is the Jixer 750 of the scooter world? Ooh. GTS? No, no. Um, that'd probably have to be like 
a custom Lambretta or something. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the, because, Lam, the Lambretta's always thought of as the performance scooter, isn't it? Right, right. I mean, it, it doesn't have quite the reliability of a, of a Jixxer, <laughs> unfortunately, but, but power-wise, that's the first thing that jumps to mind oh, to me. Bagel, thank you. Yeah. A final footnote in Emma's appreciation of Jixxer's. Aside from shitty charging systems, and Suzuki's have had shitty charging systems since the day one, Jixxers are pretty indestructible. You've really got to work very, very hard and be very neglectful to break one. Can you break one? Of course you can. Most number one thing that people do is they run straight water in them and then they rot out the coolant plugs in the uh, in the cylinder head. Mm. But... Um, which is kind of catastrophic. But in terms, they're tough and forgiving. And they're just very loyal bikes. They are stout-hearted, loyal bikes. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, this actually leads us into a game. <clears throat> ah, I know all the answers. You you probably do, which is why this is going to be Bagel and John against Emma. All right. Ah, <clears throat> I've won. And this is called <laughs> the acronym game. Mm-hmm. That's my okay. middle. That's my middle name. So it's really simple, Emma. Since you just did the history hole, what does GSXR stand for? Grand Sport Experimental Racing. That is correct. All right, I'm going to keep track. It's <clears throat> the numbnuts against Emma, and that is a point. All right. <clears throat> some of these are easy. Some are hard. We're going to work up. So. uh Bagel and John, do you guys want to work together or do you want to go one at no, a time? No, we'll work together. Well, it's okay. up to you, Bagel. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> All right. What is, and these are common acronyms in motorcycles or in certain certain models. What does SS stand for? Super sport. Correct. That's I would think, yeah. <clears throat> All right. You guys get a point. All right, Emma. Hello. GT. What does GT stand for? Well, in, in English, of course, it's Grand Touring, but in yes. the original Italian, uh, Gran Turismo. That is correct. Um, these are going over to the, the KTMs. All right, guys. RC. You know, the like the RC8, the KTM RC series? Mm-hmm. Yep. What does the RC stand for? Race control? Oh, you're so close. <laughs> Race competition. <clears throat> no um. point. All right. Emma, I have a KTM out there, the SMT. What does that stand for? Oh, I think that's the Supermotor Touring. Supermotor Touring. I'll accept yeah, Supermotor. Okay. Point. Okay, guys. A Supermotor is somebody who's had their brain corroded by one. <laughs> All right. Honda makes a very popular sport bike called the CBR. What does CBR stand for? No chance from either of you. <laughs> no chance. <coughs> oh, I think I I think I have seen this before somewhere. Clueless. Mm. You see, this is my heckling to put him off. <laughs> Three, two, one. Yeah. What is it? Emma, what is it? So it goes back to the very, very early days of frame design on Honda. She said it today. Oh and um, it, it's Honda were, were very innovative. It's cross-beam bre- cross race. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I never would have she was referring frame. to the, the, 
the Jixer, you mentioned crossbeam, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, It's when you have a beam and it makes you very cross. Emma. Yeah. And now we're going to the Yamahas. Yes. YZF. Also known as the R1. But the R1 is a YZF. According to Yamaha, what does YZF stand for? Y is Yamaha, of course. And Z is four-stroke. It's one of them's four-stroke. Wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> Look at the brain working. I know it's going. No, it's there's four-stroke in there. No, wait a minute. So it's uh, Z is race rep because it was TZ for the two-stroke. So Y is the four-stroke. Z is the race rep and the F... <clears throat> Fuck knows. You had For, all formula, the pieces. Maybe. Yamaha. Y for Yamaha. Yes. Z is their for, representative for racing. Oh, and, and F then for four stroke. stroke. So I'm not going to give you a point. I'm not going to give you no, a point. No, that's fine. All I right, can stand so, up on my own um, two feet. All right, guys. The R1, the YZF R1, you know, they've got the super, super special model, the R1M. What does the M stand for? <laughs> that's exactly what it said. Like. Mm, that's a good motorcycle motorbike. Slept <laughs> in motor. I want to say motor ad, but that's a BMW thing. Uh, I'm going to say you don't have the answer, no, Emma. Do you know what the M stands for? From the person who designed it, Mongo Draw Bike. Um. <laughs> Now this I, this this answer uh, was not verified, but I did find somebody said that they be- uh, believe that M stood for my God, it's awesome. <laughs> so I think we got the point on that. <laughs> now give them a point. All right, they get the point. <clears throat> All right, Emma. Hello. Uh, now we're going to our friends Aprilia. Oh yeah, those guys. RSV four. What does RSV four stand for? Uh, uh, <clears throat> racing street V four cylinder. No. Okay. It's racing, and then S stands for series. Okay. So no point. So right now the score is tied right. two <clears throat> to three. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, this one I'm going to you, and this one I- I'm hoping you can get this because if you get a tie, then we have one left, and it's a tiebreaker. This is one that many different companies use. In fact, we we often refer to it as the pirate. The RR. Ah. Yep, yep. Ah. What does the RR stand for? So I would guess race ready. Bagel, do you want to go with that? Uh, it's better than what I had in mind. Rubbin's racing. So race ready is what many people assume it but means, it is but it's not. Emma, what does RR stand for? Race rep. Race replica. Oh. Yes. Hmm. All right. Well. <clears throat> can I means, answer the last one? You please. can answer the last one. For the win. Um, and For the crushing. Thing. I'm crushing your And head. if you can't, Crush, I'm going to say, crushing your Emma, head. right now you're winning three to two. Okay. This one is worth oh. five points. Oh, oh, good. Oh. So if you miss it, I'm going to yes. give the guys a chance to steal. Okay. And Bagel has an mm. advantage here. Pressure's on. Oh. 
<clears throat> this is our friend's BMW GSA. It actually, it stands for three things. It is Galanda, Strasse, that's the GS. Galanda is country, Strasse is street. A is Adventur. G-S-A. How is her pronunciation, Bagel? Um, I'm not sure if that's the original German, actually. Gelendestrasse? But I, I, I don't know if they used English in the brand name or not. That's that's what I'm not sure of. Because the actual German would be Gelendestrasse Abenteuer. <laughs> Achtung! No. Well, but since I it, it was... I don't know if it they was, actually used that it in was, the marketing. No, she got it right. It is G-S. And okay. then... Uh, going back to Darren Cadiz, who was on our show, he's the designer who designed the A, the Adventure Series. So he's uh-huh. and he's a, he's American. American. He so, eats hamburgers. There you go. Therefore, in English. So uh, <laughs> one million points for Emma. Her enemies are crushed, bleeding, and crying in the ditch at the side of the road. Um, we've got <laughs> <laughs> rubbing it in. Yeah. Oh no! Somebody's a poor winner. <laughs> Cross beam racer. <laughs> so we've got um, one more small segment. This is a new segment we're going to try out. Oh God. And this is something that this just kind of generically happens when we're in the garage. And I thought, how can we share this on the podcast? So this segment is called <laughs> What That? What, what That? that? <laughs> and we do this often when I'll be looking at my bike and I'm like, Emma, what that? <laughs> and this happened uh, just recently when I was. On your scrambled eggs. I was looking at my Triumph Scrambler and I was just kind of inspecting it. And I realized when I was looking at the spark plugs. That there was a, it looks like almost two sets of spark plugs. There's, there's the spark plug hole, and then there's another thing going down into the hole right next to it. Air injection. And I, and I said, what that? Yeah, it's air injection. What? Yeah. I've not seen that before. Yeah, it really helps with smoke control. That's yeah. weird. Is that just California models or everybody? Uh, <clears throat> you know, Originally, it was just California thing. Mm. And funnily enough, one of the pioneering, 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 pioneering bikes <laughs> arr, um, for air injection was the GPZ series in the early 80s. Oh, wow. uh, but they built those into the cam cover. Um, mm. But right. basically, the way it works is you've got a reed valve and mm. you have two chambers which go right into the exhaust ports. Contrary to what you think, that does not go into the cylinder head. It goes into the exhaust port. And hmm. it it basically, oh. it takes air, clean air from the air filter and pumps it into the exhaust port. So when, hmm. you, you know, you get the you, a reading of stuff coming out the exhaust, there's clean air mixed with it, so you get a better reading. Is it just, does it actually, oh. Oh, is it cleaner? Yeah, no, it's cleaner. Or is it just diffusing the bad stuff? Well, right. a little bit of both. Huh. No, but it, I mean, it works, and it works sufficiently that, you know, some potentially dirty bikes have Dilutes, gone. it dilutes it. Now, years ago, I had an old Chevy pickup yes, with, with a smog pump. Yeah, of course. Does that the same exactly thing? the same thing. Okay. And if you remember, those smog pumps, you had this chrome rail, which went straight mm-hmm. into the exhaust manifold. Right, right. And the thing is, for smog pumps, there was no internal lubrication. Right. So it all... <laughs> you know they'll all be grinding away but they were sucking in air from behind the pulley there was that fan Mm -hmm. and it pumps air 
into the exhaust. It's exactly the same thing. Okay. Exactly the same thing. The gotcha with those is you have to block them off if you change the exhaust. So mm. what a lot of people like to do on these old air-cooled Triumphs, and when I say the old air-cooled ones, I mean the 2001 <coughs> through 2014, um, put louder pipes on them because they do sound rather good when you put proper barky pipes on them. The problem is... If you leave the air injection on, it's too hot. When you shut it off, you get ba bang 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 bang. Sounds like a machine gun. So you actually have to block it off uh, because oh. you. Uh, there you go. Tra la la. All right. So I asked John and Bagel to go take a uh, inspect their bikes, see if there was something they didn't know what it was. John, did you find anything? <clears throat> yeah, I did. Yes. I mean, why does the KLR have that? The stock one have that. St- Stupid, big, bulbous thing on the bottom. Oh, it looks like it's got a tumor in the middle and of the exhaust. It, and it's got a little screw on the bottom of it. For Well, I shall tell you why. What that, Emma? What that? Well, I shall tell you. So, um, it's a 650cc, mm-hmm. single-cylinder bike, yep. which is California and 49 state legal. Mm-hmm. As of, what year did she roll off the production line? In late 80s. 87. What year did yours roll? Oh, mine. 18. There you go. So... In order to get through noise and, um, you know, vibration emissions tests, you had to get the noise down to a certain level. And in order to retain as much power as possible, because let's be honest, they don't have a great deal of power to begin with, you need a bigger muffler. And the idea is, is you diffuse as much of the exhaust gases coming out as possible and you get a nicer exhaust tone. and It's all about the tone, that's it? It's all about the tone and the actual noise itself. So it's got this whopping great muffler on, which extends down below the side mm-hmm. panel. And the reason they put bolts on the bottom of it, whenever you get a torturous route of exhaust gases, what people don't realize is if your bike burns a gallon of fuel, it p- produces a pint of water. This is part of the internal combustion <clears throat> process. Right. And normally there is, that's just kind of punched out the back of the exhaust system, yeah. even through a muffler. And Is that you, coming from the air or where's that coming from? Or yes, it was coming from the combustion okay. process involving oxygen. Okay. And if you sit behind a high performance car, you can see water dripping mm-hmm. out of the exhaust. Yep, yep. This is part of the combustion yeah. process. Did you realize, John, the whole point of a combustion engine is to make heat and water. Right. Right. So if you have a very tortuous route, especially a big muffler, occasionally it will actually fill up with <clears throat> liquid. Mm. And if you just put a bolt on oh. the bottom... So I'm supposed to be doing that, undoing that bolt every once in a while? It wouldn't yeah, do you I'm any harm. Be doing You'd be amazed what comes out of it. On the bottom of the compressor, too. Yeah, now, I know that. Yeah. the idea is, is if you do enough long runs, the exhaust gets hot enough that it boils the water away. But if you're doing oh. lots and lots of short runs... Interesting. My recommendation to oh. you is get that 17 mil wrench on that nut... Or bolt, should I say, take it out, and you'll be amazed. There'll be a load of water drip out. Yeah, Never knew it. that. Um, right. Then what happens when these all of us put these slip-ons on them? Is that well, that's a better good or worse? No, I mean, it's better. I mean, certainly it's noisier. Lighter. I it's mean, lighter. from your neighbor's point of view, it's worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Bagel, I know you know everything about your scooters, but is there possibly anything that you don't know what it does? Well, yeah, in, in a way... Um, 
I've I've been digging into the uh, the Morpheus uh, this oh. weekend. I I finally got the title and registration all sorted out, Yay. so it's it's in my name. So I figured it's safe for me to dig into now. And um, <clears throat> I I noticed that well, first of all, this is a really weird bike, and and digging into this is like it feels like I'm 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 going into alien technology or something. All right, Emma, how familiar are you with this scooter? Oh, I'm sorry, I was reading the podcast. So, re- repeat what you just said, Bagel. <laughs> he I hasn't sorry. asked the question yet. I'm I preparing saying, I'm, digging, I'm digging into the Yamaha Morphus, and, and, and so a lot of this bike feels like alien technology It is. <laughs> um, it was designed things- by Mongo. He was the same <laughs> one who did the R1M. So, now, I noticed the, the air box on this bike is massive. It's, yes. Oh, there's a very good un- reason for that. Because what's that, what's that Emma? It stretches like from one side of the bike to the other. It's a plenum I chamber. That it, it, has, it has an intake uh-huh. for not just the, 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 the manifold on the engine, but it also feeds an air intake for the drive belt. Yes. Plus, there's also, I yes. noticed in the manual, there's some other valve on the inside of this thing somewhere. What is this thing doing? No, say it right, Bagel. What 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 that? <laughs> Very good. So, um, large air boxes act as a plenum chamber. What the hell is a plenum chamber? Well, I shall tell you. A plenum chamber is a very very useful thing to have. It basically means that you have a ready-made supply of air that's right there. It's ready to go in the engine. If you regard your intake valve as a green door, there is a party of a hundred drunk people on the other side of the green door, (laughs) and you're just happily minding your own business. And you open the door, and they all spill into the room. And you've instantly got a party. If you don't have a plenum (laughs) chamber... It's like there's one drunk person, your crazy drunk uncle, the other side of the green door, and you open the door and he turns around and says, Eh, 99 of my friends, the party's over here. And then they all come steaming in. So from a performance perspective, it's a good idea to have the party right there on the other side of the door, hence the plenum chamber, which is why you find on sport bikes, they always have these giant air boxes. Now... Mm. The Japanese have got some fairly interesting ideas about having clean air available for the belt drive. What is one of the byproducts of a CVT? Uh, Heat. There you go. So you need a good supply of air to keep the components cool. What Yamaha have done is rather than just put some folder old piece of foam next to the fan, which usually lives on the end of the crank pulley, right? Mm -hmm. They've actually incorporated a trunk into the airbox. So it's getting that same clean air that your engine's getting. Actually, it's not even not even the same clean air that the engine is getting. It has a separate air filter for mm. the belt case. But it does the same but, yeah. job. But it does the same thing, yeah. It gives it but clean air. So you're not going to get any contaminants in there, which is going to smash up the belt. Yeah. Y- you know, um, does it add longer belt life? No, not really. I mean, the belt change interval on that bike is probably very similar to the one on your Vespa. 
Well, actually, it's it's about twelve thousand five hundred. So on this two one, and a half thousand miles more. more big deal. Interesting. Well, you know. Yeah. But that's the that's the methodology <clears throat> behind it. Um, mm-hmm. But plenum chambers, they're a wonderful thing. You should never supercharge or turbocharge your bike without a plenum chamber, you know. Mm. But yes, just think of it as a party waiting for you the other side of the door. Well, thank you very much, Emma. It's it's so nice to have you around to be able to ask you this. In fact, I would like to extend this to any of our listeners. What that? If there is a (laughs) component on your bike and you really don't know what what it is, what that? Send us an email. And a picture. And a picture. picture. What that? (laughs) Right. Uh, with the basic information, make, model, year of the bike, and a picture. And let's see if Emma can tell us, because I'm sure there's all sorts and of stuff on if, our bike. If you find there is a component on your, your domestic dog or cat, which you don't recognize, send a picture of that. Oh, I've got a, an old dog with a lot of yeah, that on it. And, you know, you just put <laughs> a finger or an arrow next to the bit you want, compo- you know, identifying, and I'll tell you what it is. That's a nose. Well, in fact, <laughs> that's an ear. That's you know, a, you know where redhead. you know where the game got its its origins. Emma's running at me with this stick with something on it, and I said, "What's that? What's that? It's just a dookie <laughs> it's stick. Just a dookie we're, stick. We're gonna play a game of everybody oh, was have, flung poo fighting. We have got to do a sticker with Emma, Emma's dookie stick. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody do a sticker for us, please. Uh, I, I forget. I forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were so poor. All we had was a dookie stick <laughs> sometimes we didn't even have the dookie <laughs> yeah done for it uh, I, for, I forgot to tell you when I, I put the kids to work in the garage today and we had a bunch of stickers like I need you to put these on all of the chairs all the, yeah, the garden yeah. chairs we just throw stickers on them <clears throat> and every time one of the kids would go I'm gonna put the night banana sticker here and I just would just giggle to myself. <laughs> Good thing they didn't ask about the night banana stickers. All right. So I think we've got some email time. Oh, good. Uh, Bagel, you have two. So you want to start with yours? You have two. Sure. You have two. Any particular order? No, it doesn't matter. All right. Well, I have one here from uh, Vic Blanco. And uh, Vic, Blimey! Vic he writes, hi, Liza and Misfits. Thanks for the T-shirt. It arrived in Melbourne, Australia in one piece. And its first road test last week on a 450-kilometer ride in the Victorian Hills, seeking out as many twisty roads as possible. Better get round here with a tire iron, mate. I got a motorcycle stuck up my ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the T-shirt performed incredibly well and is now a permanent part of the base layers oh, under look my at that. Ball jacket. Very handsome group of gentlemen. Look at that. Good lookers all. It got the thumbs up from my fellow old fart riders. <laughs> you, now, you now have at least five new podcast listeners, and I will continue to promote it as, as to as many rides as possible. Oh, One thanks. big event. One big event will be the Australian MotoGP weekend where the T-shirt will be worn for the full three uh, days right on. in the Bass Street Grandstand. Thanks again for the great work you guys do. <laughs> Cheers. 
Vic Blanco. And I tell you what, Vic, at least one of your one of your group has got a very handsome V strom. One of them has a poo stick, I'm sure, too. A, a dookie, dookie stick. A dookie stick. stick. <laughs> no, I think, yes, I think, no, a poo stick which is one? something. Oh, that guy, that wanker right there, he's got a, he's got a dookie stick with the motorcycle's misfit shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Emma, what's the criteria for finding the best dookie stick? Well, you know, I mean, you want some length because, you, you know, you want, you, you basically want, you, you want to keep that thing as far away from you as possible. So, you know, you need some length and you don't want it to break in the middle either because if, you, if you're running with it and it breaks, it could actually start coming That's true. Is it a top tip to use your own dookie or somebody else's? No, 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 no. Good Lord, you couldn't use your own dookie, John. I mean, and, no, and it's simply not do, done. Oh, my gosh. And whatever you do, don't use it as a sword. No, no, no. No, exactly. That's what the dildos no, are. it's not not for your own dookie, John. Emma, I, you got an email to read? Um, I do, actually. So let's have a look. Oh, here we go. Um, this is from Dust Bunny. Hey, hey Guten Tag, Misfits. Dustin here from beautiful British Columbia. Um, as I just returned home from the adventure that was Castles and Curves, along with my solo travels, I find myself waking up at ridiculous hours back in Canada. That happened to me too, Dustin. Funny how that works, isn't it? Thank you, Liza, for having the Dolomites recap posted online for this early Monday morning. It was a great <clears throat> listen while I wait for the world around me to start the day. <laughs> um... I want to give another and more public thank you to Cat, Mouse, and Emma for providing an incredible life-changing experience. They're not kidding. This changed my life, and I already can't wait for my next motorcycle adventure <coughs> somewhere else in the world. The trip was full speed ahead before even seeing our bikes. In fact, right from the moment I landed in Munich, I was already deep in the chaos, and I love it. Brief story from uh, Dustin. Um... A discount German airline, not Lufthansa, who don't do that sort of thing, lost his luggage. So we had no riding gear, no socks, knickers, anything. Oh, wow. So we all rallied around. Um, I lent him some of my underwear, which he seemed to enjoy. Um, As you do. do. Well, as one does. No, but we basically, we all rallied around, got him clothes, and then the morning of the trip, everyone left at nine o'clock. Me and Dustin had to wait until Motorrad Ecker, who were kind of like the German equivalent of cycle gear, opened at 10. Mm. We got him a helmet. He rented a riding suit from BMW. And that's how we did the tour. So, you know, yeah, he was knee deep in the poo. But (laughs) it was great. Knee deep in the dookie, as it were. Mm -hmm. Um, Without a stick. I'm so glad I was able to be part of the very first Castles and Curves, which I think added a bit more chaos, in brackets fun, to the experience. It was quite quite chaotic. Um, I think the next one will be better. It may not be, actually. It may be just as chaotic. (laughs) That may be the nature of the tour. But we all had a lovely time. Mm -hmm. Castles Um, and Chaos. Exactly. (laughs) Also, another thanks to the whole group on this trip and also from the Dolomites that I met during the transition. I got to see just how amazing the motorcycle community is right out of the gates by how many people offered support with the chaos that came hot on my heels. Much love to you all and may our paths cross again soon. Dust Bunny. So the way it worked is Cat had set up the Dolomites trip 
and the castles and curves back to back. Now the object is is you you get the bikes back at the rental place for close of business on Friday, which is six o'clock. And then we didn't leave until the next Castles and Curves trip till Monday morning at nine o'clock when the shop opens. So you have the weekend basically free and we do rider meetings or excuse me and go out for dinner and stuff like that. And so there was this crossover of crews and you had the Dolomites tour who had completed their tour and were obviously a little bit disappointed that they had to fly back to America, but were in great moods because everyone had such a good trip. And then all the new kids on the block who were coming in to do the Castles and Curves tour. And it was so interesting seeing mm-hmm. the interaction between the two. It was almost similar is, you know, when you when you start a new term at school and you were there last year, so now you're like, the, ah, you're the old kids on the blog. We know this school pretty well. Yeah. And you see all these fresh faces coming in. Ah, stick with me, kid. You'll be all right. And it really was kind of like that. Mm. It was just lovely to see everybody. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. It really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you do for a job. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter who you vote for. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank. Do you like motorbikes? Yes, check. You're one of us. Do you not like motorbikes? Yeah, probably better find another group to hang out with. It really is like that. And I always get a kick being halfway around the world and hanging out with people who I know. Mm-hmm. It's great. It is. It's a lot of fun. <clears throat> so, tra-la-la. So, thanks, Dust Bunny. I'm going to embarrass him now. Dust Bunny got yelled at. By uh, Miss Emma? No. By a docent. Oh, what do you do? Oh. Try to so, Dust Bunny, Dust Bunny had a little mascot. He had this adorable little cute bunny rabbit because his name's Dustin, so he's known as Dust <clears throat> Bunny, so he had this little bunny. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> I'd have done exactly the same, (laughs) is he took this, and it was a tiny little thing. It was only about two inches tall. It was obviously for a a tiny child. And I think he placed it on a suit of armor to take his picture. And his (laughs) docent absolutely fucking freaked (laughs) and frog marched over there. And he's, oh, God. (laughs) All right, you got one, John? I do. This is from Clay Baker. Liza, there's a new motorcycle show in Scotts Valley, the Scotts Valley Motorcycle Concourse. Yeah. Do you know about this, Emma? Yes. The bikes will be sharing the field at Sky Park with the music uh, at Sky Park Music Festival. The event is on Sunday, August 27th. The event organizer, Robbie Cadwalder's Cadwallader. Thank you. Moto Charities expects us to be an annual event in partnership with the music festival. Uh, Moto Nexus is this year's major sponsor. Yeah, Moto Nexus, uh, Clay, that's Clay's company. It's an online uh, auction site for motorcycles. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are 16 classes with a trophy in every class. The show includes a class for e-bikes slash manufacturers to display their latest bikes. You can get the details at motocharities.com. Vendor spaces are 100 bucks for a 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 and bikes are en- entered for judging are $30. <coughs> we are expecting motorcyclists and manufacturers who will be gr- a great rev- uh, interview guests, including Chris Carter, ISTD uh, International Six Day Trial Gold Medalist and founder of Motion Pro, 
Motorcycle Hall of Famer Brad Lackey, racer of all things that go fast, and event organizer Robbie Cadwallader. Lightning Motorcycles, Zero Motorcycles, and San Jose BMW have all expressed interest. Emma, you cannot go. <clears throat> because I'm running the garage. You're running the garage. I cannot go. Because you won't be in the country. John? Oh, I might go. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> well, no, I think that's Saturday, isn't it? Is no, it it's Sunday? on a Sunday. Sunday. It's on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I'm <clears throat> running the garage. Oh, boo-hoo. But you know what? Unfortunately, the Trident is looking a bit scabby at the moment. So... Um, I would need to clean it up thoroughly before I take it to a show like uh, that. Bagel, you got another one? I do. Uh, I've been email here from our friend uh, Chris Comley. Oh, yeah. Our friend Chris. Hi, Chris. Yes. He says, Liza, just a short note here to say it was a blast hanging out with you and the crew at Friday at AMA Vintage Days. Hmm. That's exactly how he sounds. <laughs> I'm from Philly too, you know. <laughs> it it was great to feel so welcomed by everyone. I really enjoyed pouring beer down Pete's throat in the burnout pit. I don't recall the last time I've laughed so hard for so long. And please pass along my thanks to Bagel for letting me pick his brain on suitable scooters for the next scooter cannonball run. And you're welcome, Chris. Uh, assuming I don't have a conflict next year, I will plan on being there for the entire weekend and hopefully camping with the fun people rather than the quiet people yeah. on the far side of the field. Chris calmly. P.S. I do know someone who does sidecars. Mm. If you if you want to see someone, see if someone can get your sidecar mounted on the Benelli, let me know and I can connect you. He is in P.A. I have a trailer and would be happy to help move everything to him or someone else if you need that done. Chris, that is a very generous offer. I appreciate that. I've made a couple more attempts to reach out to the company and they have not responded. Oh, Even though all I've said is I really want to work this out. I hope you'll respond. Um, they haven't. It's a bummer. Yeah, it, it is, is unfortunate. Money, I guess. <clears throat> it is unfortunate. I'm going to continue making attempts because I'm very persistent like that. And I really mm -hmm. want to just have a conversation with them. And if anything, hope that they can learn and provide a better project product right. for other people. But um, maybe the win-win is to ha take up Chris's offer and get it just rebodged. Re I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Emmy, you have one more? I do have a, indeed have one more. Um, and this is from Tad. Hey. Hey, hey Tad. Hi, Liza. Just finished listening to the latest podcast on the Misfits Dolomite Tour. I was on the tour as well and thought that Laurie, Patrick and Scott provided a great representation of all the good times to be had. Was fortunate to be in Emma's squad for most of the trip and was grateful to be with a subject expert when things got a little off map. Was, was that fortunate or unfortunate? It depends on one's point of okay. view. Um. I spent the week after in the Pyrenees on a solo motorcycle tour cool. and Cat really nailed it when he commented that it has significantly less traffic, but also the same deficit in regards to sheer beauty. Um, I wanted to put, I wanted to have you put me down as an interested party in joining you next year. If misfit great Britain comes to fruition. Good luck mm. on your upcoming scouting tour with Cat. Now I can I can exclusively reveal that Tad is a good egg and very good company. Oh, so good he would be um, a worthy addition to any tour. 
I have some gear to drop off at the garage and will probably stop by sometime in the fall. Along with the gear, I also have some old motorcycle magazines from the 70s. And I thought about donating, but after mentioning it to Emma, she thought maybe best not bring it by as most likely um, you don't need additional clutter and distraction. Please uh, let me know. Thanks, Tad Wesson. I'm going to add the only vintage magazines that anyone pulls out of the magazine rec to read are the ones with the titties in them. Unfortunately, that is true. <laughs> because, because they're always vintage. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> And they're spectacular. The one thing boys and girls have in, in common is everyone loves titties. And the only thing better than real titties are vintage titties. Vintage titties. Hairy <laughs> ones. All right. What? Stop. Everyone stop before it gets out of control. All right. I've got time for one more. And this one is from Alex G. Ali G. Oh, it's Alex. Alex. He says, Dear Miss Emma and the Misfits, hello, Alex from the questionable Commonwealth of Pennsylvania here. We're going for a ride with our appalling road qualities like a World Cup loss. Initial optimism chased by a choking blend of disappointment and the desire to set things ablaze. Oh, no. Anyhow, it's been quite a while since I've written to you all, and I apologize for that. Between work and family, I've been busy, as I'm sure many are. What I would have written to you a month or so ago, if I had had time, was to see what your suggestions might be as to a suitable replacement for my Kawasaki Versus 1000. After owning it for a little over two years, I've put less than 2,000 miles on it. Oh, Whoa. that's no good. While it's an extremely good bike, I never feel wild to, to ride it, as I always end up grabbing the keys to another one of my bikes. Either my Vespa GTS or my CRF250 Rally. I wanted a replacement that would be fine on roads, at least for my skills, but also half decent when the pavement ends. You know, and I, I, this is what I've said before. The, the Versus is the perfect boring bike. It is a perfect bike, but it is boring. He goes, well, since then, I've done a thing. After several test rides of multiple makes and much thinking, this time with my heart instead of my head, I have put a deposit on a new Moto Guzzi V85 TT. Oh, wow. Lovely job. What does TT stand for? Tourist trophy. trophy. There you go. And I will be trading in my verses. Hence why I have addresses to all the misfits, but specifically Miss Emma, since I know she had a Gootsy for a while. Comparing bikes is a heavily contested subject, but through it all, if I didn't get a V85, I would have been doing my heart and soul a disservice. It was about time I treated them right. I'm truly fortunate to be in the position I'm in, and I try not to take that for granted. Thank you so much for the podcast and what you do. I'm sorry I missed you all at AMA Vintage Days, but I couldn't bear to take my Vespa down the slightly muddy gravel paths back to the Chateau, Chateau des Misfit. Looking forward oh, to no. seeing you all next year at AMA or possibly tagging along for the Dolomites. Ooh. Mm. Uh, yeah, nice. If you have a, a, an impeccable bike, yes, it, it would be daunting to take it down. So am I, am I right? To, is, it, was he asking? So yeah, so he's put a deposit. What do you think about the V85 V85TT? I like how it looks for sure. Make his heart flutter. Well, there you go. And I think... When I look back on my life, and not just motorcycles decisions, you know, all decisions, those that are made with my head, very logical, and they become forgotten quite easily. But the decisions I made with my heart are the ones that have really stayed with me. And so it is with motorcycles. Um, you know, everybody knows how much I love Rufus. And there's no logic to it, but I just love 
that bike. And motoguzis are interesting because they kind of wrap themselves around your heart like no other. So much so that I bought mine back because I missed it so much. And out of everything I've got that's roadworthy, it's the one I ride the least. Not because I don't like it. It's just, you know, you just can't get around to everything. It's, you know, it's not always in the back Mm -hmm. of the garage. Um, But every time I ride that bike, I always end up with this big, stupid, shit-eating grin on my face because it scratches an itch like no other. Um, And the V85 TT, great-looking bike. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can go wrong. It will frustrate you like no other bike you've ever had, but you will also love it like no other bike you've had. Um, It's a bit like having this gloriously hot-tempered Italian sweetie in your life. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes you talk and you have a loving conversation and the lovemaking is just... Like nothing else. And other times you just get a smack in the face. It's that kind of bike. Um, no, you'll enjoy every minute of it. There you go. So thank you, everyone, for sending in your emails. We need some more. Keep them coming. Send them to motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. Uh, we want your your tell me whys um, and your what that. What that. And I think before we say good, goodbye tonight... I think you should say a few words about your cat, Liza. Oh, no, we're oh, not done yet. Hats off. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Holly, <coughs> Holly the cat has, has passed on, which Aww. means I'm in, in the market for another cat. So, so send your cats to Liza. Just drop them off right here. No, no, no. Um, no, he was like 20 years old. It was. It was no, okay. I mean he was. He was quite a quite a rotten cat. No, but Emma. But, oh, I liked him. Uh, John and I have a big announcement to make. Oh, you do. do. God, we I, do. The reason do. I suddenly remembered Holly is because I think one of his brethren that used to crawl around on him is now attacking me. Oh. Yes, go on. So we talked uh, last week about our. Mm-hmm. Chumpastan trip, mm-hmm. yeah. That I, I was hoping to make it a Chumputer strip, a Chumputerstan trip. Yes, mm-hmm. hoping to get Bagel in there. <laughs> um, but we are not going to do the Chumpastan trip. Okay, mm-hmm. everything has changed. It's all completely changed. Oh no, mm-hmm. no, it's so, good. So we're going to do uh, oh. in conversation with Moyne. Um, he, he we decided that two trips was better than one. So I'm going to do a Stumpastan part due on um on june in june so we're gonna um june 27th right through i'm sorry may 27th through june 13th uh in uh we're gonna fly Wait, into go ahead. june to may uh, the, no, end, may, the end of may, may to, to june. june yeah that's right it's yeah. it's it's memorial day weekend so basically we're offering we're gonna have two two misfit strips one at the beginning of the riding season Mm-hmm. Spring and then one at the end, and I will be going in at, September. At the end of the riding season. And yeah, I still want to do a Koa trip. It's going to be Chickastan with men. Men are welcome due to, to come. Chickastan. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're going to be doing two trips, and I have one more announcement, ladies. Pay attention, dudes, with your lady friends who ride. Chickastan twenty three is happening soon. September 9th to September 21st, so in less than a month. And they've had people drop out. And there's only, right now, there's only two people going. Moyne is doing this trip, 
still for two people. Classic Moin. Yeah, I would it really wow. is. love if there is anybody who's remotely interested wants to go on this trip last minute. There's plenty of, there's room and it's going to be a small intimate trip and we can probably get your visa through in like a week. If you're interested at all, email me. But you got to move quick. Yeah, Motorcycles and misfits at gmail.com. And le- I would love to help you try and get on this Chickistan trip. Somebody should jump on that for sure. Um, yeah. Now, the only thing I will mention about your trip, mm-hmm. John, as far as I am aware, we are doing uh, the Dolomites training tour in June next year. So it may encroach, but it's still I, very, it's very different. different. It's yeah. a very different it's a whole trip. Different world. So yeah. come and hang out with the Misfits. We're good people. We always have a lot of fun. We're going to change your life, yep. darling. Um, so there you go. Tra-la-la. There you go. And if you've been before, Moin said he's putting together kind of a different route. So you'll see different parts of the country. Mm. Yeah. So um, just like our, our I friend. I bet Moin played with a dookie stick, you know. Oh, stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Moin did not play with a dookie stick. Uh, I bet he did. I bet you he did not. He I think that's how he, that. he's, he's, he chased he's Anne smart. around with a, with a dookie stick. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> um, hey, just like our friends in Australia, sporting the Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt, you can get one, too. Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Click on Shop. And I've got, oh, I'm out of mediums. Only large and extra large. That's it. Two styles available. Uh, but the new one, people really like. The, well, yeah. The and it's, and it, it says more about you than any other clothing accessory. So um, they can go to Zazzle still and get the other ones, right? Yeah, there are others at Zazzle's, but these I actually have here in person, and I mm-hmm. ship them out the door myself. That's mm-hmm. right. So, in fact, if you go to Zazzle, you can still get a mug with a picture of me, Emma's, me, me in bed Emma's with Army a bike. shirt too. I'm there. Yes, I yeah. think you are a mug. I am a mug. Soon have a oh, and, um, a Dookie a stick T-shirt up there soon. Hey, and, and I, I just, I just wanted to quick shout out that um, uh, our Jim, Naked Jim, <laughs> Naked. He's been traveling. He was, last weekend, he was in Maui visiting his son. Right, I know. Left on oh, Monday. No. The mm. fire oh, started wow. on Tuesday. That's incredible. His son lives upwind of the fire, and last I heard, is okay and not going to be kicked out of his house. But right. Jim wow. was mm. there. That's incredible. The day before out to the fire. So, I've, I've lived through that before. I know what that's like. It is tragic. Folks. Yeah, my, my heart goes out to everybody on Maui. I, I've, I've been there. I've I, I, you know, just seeing the devastation is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, we, I, you know, fire is, um, I've been in a workshop fire and it is just so destructive of, yeah. of everything, earthquake, yeah. flood, as bad as everything is, fire just destroys yeah. everything. And how, how quickly it can do. Oh, it's just in a heartbeat. Yeah. no warning when you can change it. and that's it you're done yeah. well there so. you go there's a show we uh we managed to fill another two hours we we i i don't know how we do it with complete dookie <laughs> <laughs> by poking each other with so hey sticks. guys look uh it's still light out we have enough time let's get out there and and find a good stick and play a little game let's do it <laughs> all right we have a german shepherd next door 
<laughs> Just give me a minute or two and I'll, I'll hook you up. Oh, God, no. Oh, it's no. not for human stuff, John. Okay. Thank pull my, you. Pull my fingers, somebody. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to everyone who emails. Thank you especially to our Patreon sponsors. Yes, that's Thank right. you very much. All right, time to get out of here. Thanks, everyone. This is Eliza. Stumpy John. Emma Dalek. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. Please, Dick.